All right, here we go. Uh, Nick is here. How you doing, Nick? I'm good. I'm drinking. I got two beverages in front of me, jacked up, very bleary-eyed. I was, uh, just before we started rolling, I was uh, talking to Damien Abraham on the phone. You guys are phone guys. Phone pals. That's nice. Maybe I should call It's him. a rare thing in 2019 for anyone to be phone pals with anybody. Didn't I call you yesterday? Yeah. Yeah. But that was about death. Special circumstances. Yeah, sorry. Okay. Um, okay, so you, you want to start? <laughs> the good question when we do a podcast together is how fast will one of us say sorry? And it's always you, I think. Is it? I don't even know if it's ever happened. I refuse to say sorry on this episode. So let's start it. It's no apologies. Annual Q&A. Take it away. The Tango Joe's podcast is the best around. Nick Flynn again is Tango's crew. I'm still for free. I'm so glad I like to sometimes. Jimmy in from fucked up. Stop playing hang to Okay. So we do this Q&A once a year, every year, for the past, I'd like to think, Four years or three years? It might be longer. Yeah, so it's become our annual Q&A. I think we skipped a year when you were in L.A. But yes. But around this time of year, May, June Although there were two, two years I was in L.A., maybe even three. But we've somehow made it work we even during We made it work. That. We yeah. made it work while, yeah. I know that it, there hasn't been too long a gap, mm. but it's always this annual Q&A. And the reason for it is because zero reason. Just a cool thing to do. It's not in demand. Nope. <laughs> no one asks for it. We don't really care to answer <laughs> questions, really. Nope, not really. <laughs> uh, but we still do. Put, we like putting people on the spot, basically, including ourselves. I just like the tw- just the tweeting it, tweeting it out. I wish I could have done more of that, but it was not the right timing for right, me to do that. Right, thus the phone call to me. Thus the phone call. Sorry, buddy. Okay, so let's start. The first question I have here, yeah. and I think one of the first questions asked online, is from Phil Rind of Sacred Reich. Wasn't that exciting? I think that was the first question. So he, the big guns came and out. And it's a great question. Great. I think it's the best one that was asked. By the way, I just saw a seagull fall from the sky. Ooh, Jesus. Um, okay. <laughs> What is Canada's greatest contribution to the musical scene? Also, what can we, uh, your not-so-humble neighbors to the South, learn from Canada as a nation? Easy questions to answer. Great questions that have been asked. Mm -hmm. The greatest musical contribution, in your opinion, Nick Flanagan. This is going to be a pretty... uh, This is going to be a pretty... um, What's the word? Like... I can't narcissistic answer? No, but okay. kind of. Uh, in that it will encompass some maybe things that I've done that you've done. Um, Wavelength. I, would, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in a sense, the community-driven like scenes are have been humongous in Canada. Like they have created a lot of our best music scenes, and that's kind of what I was getting into. The metal scene in places like Montreal, Quebec, and even Toronto, and and is is amazing, you know, and and you can trace it back. And the punk rock scene, you know, that culminated, uh, I think, in a lot of ways, in in the the wave, in the the late two thousand, in, in the the late aughts or whatever you call, it, like two thousand seven, two thousand six, 
um, what the excitement that I saw in bands, you know, touring and, and fucked up and, and career suicide and the excitement people had about starting bands, that was amazing. If we're talking about specific bands, the greatest musical contribution, you heard it here first, Joni Mitchell. Oh. <laughs> wow, that was a 90-degree turn from where you were headed. Um, yeah, I mean, there's so many answers you can give. You I'd know? say, for me, I'd say uh, uh, Neil Young. Yeah, well, that's... You know. uh, Voivod. Yeah. Uh, and, um, oh, I had one, and then I forgot it. Gordon. Uh, the album Gordon by Bare Naked Ladies. <laughs> I mean, very influential. Huge uh, impact. The tape is apparently worth a lot of money. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, and I'd say, yeah, Neil Young, Voivod, musical you know, contributions. I know there's one in there that I'm just going to kick myself for, for forgetting. But uh, let's stick with that. And then what can Americans learn from Canada? I have my answer already. I mean, there's. I, I just want to avoid the stuff that that's so simple. But I, I, I triggers. I, <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I, I just, which is maybe like such a Canadian thing as this self consciousness about the answer. Uh, <laughs> I, I would say it would be, you know, like a level of civility that that you know the the, the con- conflict being, you know, not necessarily. The, the the answer Canadians have a, a a politeness and a good mood that that is real in a lot of cases. I know that there's a lot of exceptions, but I think that you know the way that Toronto functions as a big city in a lot of ways makes me happy in terms of you know people being you know nice with each right. other I and having s- a bit of a sense of humor too. Yeah, healthcare. Uh, mm. Gun control, and uh, in, when it comes to Toronto, uh, a multicultural city. Yeah, I mean, those are the big answers, you know, that I was trying to avoid, but they're hard to uh, argue with, as especially healthcare, you know, because I think that gun control is something you will ne- the the U.S. will never, they'll never get the Canadian version of it. They're just too deep in gun ownership. Absolutely, and yeah. but, but from from an outsider point of view, us as Canadians can see how, you know, owning a gun. Uh, I mean, I don't, I can't believe the podcast is going in this direction, but, <laughs> but it's just it's just this kind of uh, kind of a what do you call this self like perpetuating? A, yeah, this yeah. Uh, gerbil in a in a in a wheel mm-hmm. where it just goes round and round. Okay, well, okay, we're okay. going to delete the thing about gun control. No, no, no we're not. You believe it hard. I, I, I do. Yeah. I, I mean, it's true. Uh, okay. So another question is by KB at Karen Louise B. Yes. Why has the word like become a new form of unnecessary, incessant punctuation? And how can we stamp it out? Oh, not that kind of question? Sure. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's I think a fine question. She's trying to say that, you know, we, she can't ask that question to us. Uh, a <laughs> little edgy? <laughs> Little bit, a little, little off topic. Oh, maybe? I'm sorry. Did I trigger you, you snowflake? <laughs> well, I am in agreement with the overusage of the word like. However, I've caught myself numerous times on a daily basis. I catch myself on a daily basis using it. Yeah, I do too. Definitely. 
you know, and I say, you know, you know, we all have these bridging words that we do use. It's better than the F word every two minutes. <laughs> I was using that. I met up with a guy the other day and I was like, bah, 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 bah. like, I'm like, why am I swearing at this dude at like 12 at 12, like noon? It's, it's because he does it. No, he wasn't doing it. Oh, like I was just Maybe excited. You're, you're insecure. You have to deal with dominance. Him. Was I dominate trying to dominate? You're him? trying to keep up with what you think his personality is dominating. Oh, dominating yeah. personality. Im- Im- you know, you, you bring yourself to that level. Well, what an odd ep- episode this is. It's a very strange Q&A so far. But uh, I, I also hate saying, uh, like, because I do the podcast and I, I just said uh, like as I do, well. Uh, a lot. Uh, and like, I think that we need to accept people sometimes for what they're doing and realize that the things that are upsetting us are kind of our issues you, because uh, I know that Karen might turn the podcast off right now, but I promise I won't eat on the, the mic and I'm going to try to avoid saying like, but then again, my uh, way of dealing with these things that drive me nuts. Cause I have a lot of things that drive me nuts. Uh, I just leave the area. You, you if know, someone's using like too much. No, my big, uh, upsetting thing is if I'm on transit or waiting somewhere and someone is either listening, like playing a video with no earphones or something. That is a huge... Or music. Yeah, I hate that. But even if they're listening to music and I can hear that tinny sound out Ah. of their headphones, here's what I go. I say, here's all you need to do. Try playing music on your earbuds. Hold, Hold it out. If you hear the tinny thing coming out, figure out the volume that doesn't have it and operate with yeah. that. In, but this is my own trigger. Like, there's nothing I can do I'm to change this. I'm that guy, though. I'm well, that guy. here's what I would do. Get up, go to a different area. You know, because I know that I like, can't do anything like about I'm it. Like, I'm that guy. Like, I am that guy. <laughs> Plus, I feel that Damien Abraham, who is a member of the Black Coffee Brigade, not to throw him under the bus, what? which he could probably lift. Because he's a strong man, is uh, where are you going with this? He says like a lot. If you listen to Turned Out a Punk, he's he's because it's part but of his I excitedness. Use like a lot. So do I. And British people think about the UK. British they're people like, use it? look, look, it's a look, you, look, look. <laughs> <laughs> Bobby's use it. All right, let's move on. Someone is just going to say that was the most moronic explanation yeah, of yeah. how this happened. And that person will be Damien Ke- Abraham. And Karen. So it's and not Karen. more than one person. Okay, here's another one by Nikki uh, at Is Global a Go-Go? It's more of a suggestion. You and Nick should do the following podcasts together after the Regal Beagle podcast is finished. The next level record collecting, next level book collecting, signed a fan, a quality mayhem podcast. Well... Those next level record collecting and next level book club, I think, is what are my other Instagram profiles, right? Where I upload uh, photos of the weird, bizarre records that I like to collect. Mm-hmm. But you're not a part of that, and and I, I don't know. I why. love all that stuff. It's just that I don't have. There's nothing really to talk about other than the photo. Just well, you know, the photo. If we want to talk next level collecting. You know, I mean, I'm not going nuts with my video game collecting right now, but it's starting to happen. Yesterday, I picked up. Oh boy! Revenge of Shinobi for Sega Genesis cartridge. Listen, you should do that. And and have you been to Retro Brothers? No. 
That's an old video game store in Toronto. How are the prices? Reasonable. Love it. Love it. You should go there. It's I a should. small little, tiny little store they have. I got to check it out. Yeah, I'm all about that life now. Because wow. it keeps you out of the bars. Keeps the needle out of your arm. Yeah, but so does a PS4. I have that too. Okay. <laughs> don't You don't even want to know what I'm do messing you, okay, with. Okay, the one video game I do play, uh-huh. addicted to, uh-huh. and I've never said this public, Contest of Champions on the iPad. What's that like? It's the Marvel... Kind of Mortal Kombat game. It's a fighting game? Yeah, it's a just strictly fighting game, and it's got almost every Marvel superhero in the universe. And I, I'm really excited by that. Even when I was into role-playing games as a kid, there was like, I think TSR even did a Marvel, Marvel superheroes yeah, I have game. The, uh, I have the uh, player's guide right there. Where is it? On top of the bomb book that I've got. Oh, cool. It's so, yeah, it's thin. Uh, I can see it. They came in that box, you yep, know? I had the box. And uh, I was so into it because... Attributing stats to a character that you can then use, I mean, you know. But it's flawed because it just, the gameplay wasn't great, and I don't champions remember. beat it. Yeah, champions by, by, by Steve I've, Jackson. I've got, I mean, I've got that, too. Next level role-playing discussion is a whole other thing. You That's know? actually, that. <laughs> yeah, we could probably do that we together. We could do that. Yeah. All right, so then I posed the question on Instagram. So we got Instagram profiles here. Red, drawn, bleed, red, draw, and Red Draw and Bleeding asks, favorite record from the new wave of British heavy metal scene? Um, lots of albums to choose from. Uh, I would say, I guess, Ace of Spades by Motorhead, Wheels of Steel, or Strong Arm of the Law Stained by Saxon. Glass in there? Is that good? Yeah, one? Judas Priest, I guess, falls under the uh, new wave of British heavy metal. Certain, certain, priest, certain yeah. priest albums, and I believe... Uh, stained, cla- stained Class That would does. almost be the first. A Rockerola right? would be a good yeah. one. High and Dry by Def Leppard, I think, falls under those years. So there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot. Um, can we move on? Yeah. On Instagram, Colchionista de Sol Nidios asks, what is the future of rock music? Big question. I, I think it's gonna it's 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 gonna stay where it is. It's I think it's gonna stay underground, um, and thrive as an underground form of music, the way punk rock did for years, and even the way heavy metal did for years. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not really sure. Again, rock is such a big uh, term, you know. It's it, I, I think it's gonna be okay. I don't know, you know, like okay. it's gonna be as okay as any other genres of music, which. Who can say where they are going? Mev, MVE962 asked, any plans for a Dallas show? I guess that's our band. Yes, always planning, hopefully in 2020. Hey, maybe he's asking about Wrong Hole or my stand Sorry, sorry. So uh, the answer will be, if you get in touch with me at weeklypodcast at gmail.com, we'd be happy for a fee to perform in Dallas for you. And I, as a stand-up comic, would be willing to perform. Uh, I'll pay you. And that's weekly spelled W-E-A-K-L-Y. At underscore Mad Anthony asks, thoughts on trend to release half a record before the rest comes out versus old days of half singles max before the rest. So the trend is... 
for a lot of bands, including our band, is to release like five singles before the actual yeah, I didn't album really drops. Know that. Yeah, yeah, and which we did. And we're following. There's many ways to do it. I know a band like Royal Republic released one song, and then dropped the album. And and Death Angel released two songs and then dropped the album. And that's what a lot of bands are doing. But we dropped four songs, five songs before the album was released. Mm-hmm. At this point, the music industry is the wild west. And sorry, pal. Um, the music industry is the wild west. And. Uh, it, my thoughts are whatever works for whatever band. Yeah, it would have to be that. Whether it's a band camp that you're just releasing song after song before putting out a full collection, you know, or uh, you just drop the album without telling anyone, into, and then you just drop it like right Beyonce. there. Like Beyonce. Yeah. I like mean, those big artists can afford yeah. to do that. Or you do almost... Uh, it's video. like a Netflix. Yeah, thing. YouTube releases. I know it sounds crazy. Put the stuff on YouTube and then only make it available there until you... Put, I've never heard of that, but you can do that. <laughs> uh, live shows only. Um, okay, so at Jar of Tripsis, uh, Brendan mm. Crab, Crabe asks, Do you really believe this will be the end of the road for Kiss? No, I do not. No, I don't think so either. Easy question to but answer. But how old are Kiss at this point? I think they're in their 70s at this point. So Paul and Kiss is Paul and Gene at this point. Yeah. So, and they're very wealthy. Yeah, but this is all they know as well. You and know? they're very healthy. I'd say Paul Stanley's very healthy. What's wrong with Gin? Gin? <laughs> Cold Gin? Gin Simmons? Um, Cold Gin Simmons. Uh, uh, nothing's wrong with Gene, but he revels in, like, American food. Uh, and he, he promotes all that. Hamburgers and right. milkshakes. And, whereas Paul's always been healthy with a... Like, he's, uh, he's always been in great shape. Yeah. But there's always... I've seen, like, vignettes where he's talked about his regimen. Yeah, good yeah. diets and stuff. So, yeah, they're going to at least do another thing. You know, the final farewell and then one more. Hey, pal, relax here. You know, okay, okay. You, 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 you told them. Okay, so uh, Megadeth, Megadeth, is it okay to have Ralph on the podcast? It's up to you, man. I'm fine with it. Yeah, so am I. But can you chill out? Hey, Ralph. Chill out. Okay. Megadeth Junkie asks, is sleep still the enemy? So that Sleep is the Enemy is one of our older albums. Is sleep still the enemy? Uh, no. (laughs) (laughs) I need my sleep. I need my sleep too. Especially to snap my vocals back in line after singing and being on a long tour. You know that as a singer yourself. Yeah. If you don't get enough sleep after, you know, you know, raking your vocal cords. Um, the next show is a dangerous one. It's at 70%. And then it just yeah. degrades as the tour goes on. And it's on. really easy not to get sleep on tour. So maybe yeah. that saying really was a way of you coping with not sleeping on tour. Well, that's when, you know, that came out in 2006. We worked on that in 2005. You were a teenager, practically. <laughs> so, yeah. So, you know, my vocal cords need sleep now to s- snap back. Yeah. Uh, okay. Fair Play Things 
and Fair Play Things is a great dude. Um, what are a couple of notable gigs, both good and bad, in the past 12 months? Nick. Okay, uh, comedy-wise. Um, Any notable gigs? Notable like, gigs. Did you play, did you do stand-up with Dave Chappelle or something? <laughs> um, in the last 12 months, it's been pretty mellow, you know? The... I've been loving doing these shows at this tiny place in uh, Toronto, the Transact, just the front room with my buddies, A.L. and Kurt, and they're musicians, and I do like, you know, 20, 30 minutes. I just got the Sacred Lamp A.L. Senior album. So good. They're so good, Sacred Lamp. Is it his solo album, or is it... It's him and Doc Dunn, Matthew Doc Dunn, this really good guitarist. And uh, yeah, those are just very notable in terms of like everyone I do. It's like a different thing. It's really fun. It's like feels experimental. So those it are is my experimental. Favorite. I always leave comments on IL's Instagram. <laughs> like oh, some, you watch the clips and it's, well, some yeah. dude playing like a, a flying V guitar, and instead of like playing some sort of chord, he's using like a piece of Lego. That's Brian Rurick. He's been doing this for years. Uh, yeah. I always write like groovy yeah. on his Instagram or yeah, you got to speak finger in the snapping. And then uh, the. Uh, I thought there was one more, but maybe that's... Uh, oh, and then the bad one was the show bad, where bad I was doing this Q&A bit that I do at a show I put on at the very top when I was hosting it. And this woman told me to wrap it up <laughs> in the middle. And then I just stopped and I was like, you should leave. You shouldn't be here. What oh. you're doing is so bad. Oh, when comedians attack. Yeah, and then I like went downstairs and I had like a panic attack practically and... That sounds really bad. Felt terrible for the whole show, and uh, I haven't done a show at the venue since. Yikeronis. Yeah, yikeronis. But, you know, now it was just a bad show, but uh, it depressed me. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So, (laughs) on to me. Good shows. Mm -hmm. Uh, We did a tour with Nashville Pussy in February in America, and I'd say probably the one of the best shows there was the uh, um, San Francisco gig. Uh, that was a lot of fun. We played well, I believe. Where did you play? Uh, I was going to say, but now I cannot think. And I must go online because people of San Francisco will get very mad at me if I don't remember the actual venue. And uh, it's a great venue. And it's Slims. Oh, you played Slims. That is a great venue. Yeah, it is a great venue. And it was great to see Ted from Death Angel and Jello came out. Jello Biafra. Hello. Yeah. And uh, (laughs) it was great. And uh, that was a great gig. I can't believe you came to the land of Trump. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. I love your Jello impression. I call him Dump. It's uh, so off the mark. <laughs> well, you know, too so many people. not bang on. Too many people do the bang on jello. I'm right. doing your villain jello. You're doing your interpretation of their jello Biafra I'm impression. I'm stroking my mustache and suing the rest of my band. Jello had a mustache for only a brief period of time. I've grown one since you All saw right. me okay. inside. So let's move Francisco. on. Francisco. 
Okay. Kuma <laughs> underscore knob. The Kuma knob asks, tell us about the most stupid thing you guys have ever done together. That's a great inclusive question. Yes, yes. This, the first inclusive question. Yes. Uh, I remember one. Okay. Okay. We did this episode that never aired. We <laughs> taped it. Um, you came over and we did it. And it was about like the Oscars or, or the Grammys <laughs> or something. Where we, we commented about the red carpet. And then we both agreed it should never be aired. <laughs> this week we have the guy the- from uh, Goraguts. Next week yeah. we're covering the Tonys. The guy from Goraguts is going <laughs> to... Spill his opinions on uh, the cast of uh, Modern Family. And the following week, we are going to break down every song from Hamilton. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was like that. And With it the was the help terrible. of Varg <laughs> Yeah, that's never happening. <laughs> no. But uh, do, you, do you remember anything we did that tops that? Well, I would go external of um, the uh, show, you know, the recordings we've done, because... Um, Generally, I'll say something very foolish at some point. Um, and I might head on over to the uh, days of doing... When I was doing stand, starting to do stand-up and you were coming and recording the shows... Yeah, sure. One of the earliest things that we ever did, and I think this that story was 20 can years be ago. told... It was 20 years ago. Yeah. But... Um, Almost, but you, I think it was like the first show we kind of went to a comedy show and tried to bully our way onto the show. It was an open mic. It wasn't even a comedy show. It wasn't an open mic. It was Pirate Video Cabaret, which is a book show. It was one of the two good shows in, in, in Toronto at that time that weren't at clubs. And, uh, you were like asking for me to get on, and I was like, we were doing this two person kind of two pronged kind of thing because we were so weird and and we had no respect for the idea that there was comedy in Toronto. We, we just thought everyone sucked and like, yeah, you got to hear this guy, Nick. And then, and I had never done comedy basically at that time. I might right, have done right, the one right. set at like the open music night that you taped. That and was it, that was what I was talking about. Well, no, this is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the one at, that was at uh, the venue in Bloor, Clinton's, and and then I yes. I was like, yes, you yes. got to get in touch with my manager Gordon Gartrell, <laughs> which was which was me, your pseudonym, <laughs> and I. Gave him your nu- like yeah, somehow yeah, yeah, you yeah. you gave your number yeah, I yeah, gave yeah. your number yeah, that's I think terrible. you told the guy in person you were my manager named yeah. Gordon Gartrell yeah yeah and we were just we were just assholes well and we were assholes and we didn't actually probably realize at that time that this sort of thing probably happens every like year and a half at shows where somebody is in this weird right. character kind of prank <laughs> and people like. Don't like it, and it doesn't but make sense. this is pre-jackass. Uh, this is pre-Viceland. Oh, no, I mean, it was funny, because at that time, there was, like, less of a focus on, say, what Gordon Gartrell was. Like, I feel now, every it's like uh, a reference you can't people use get. That. No, you can't use that reference anymore. No, it's overdone. Well, but, no, it's a Cosby show. Oh, it's reference. a Cosby reference. But, yeah, so then what happened was I <laughs> you called the guy... <laughs> Asking for me to get a spot. 
And then he called you back. Yeah, yeah. And you were not Gordon Gartrell when you <laughs> yeah, answered. Yeah, yeah, Look, we were assholes. <laughs> and, and we were... So you're, he's like, it's Gordon Gartrell. And you're like, was, what are you talking yeah. about? I was mortified that... <laughs> That this, that this guy was acting like an asshole, even though he was just reacting to us being assholes. Which is a, a recurring theme in, in my life. In my life, too. Yeah. So anyway, that was... Okay, uh, that beat that, our that... <laughs> podcast episode on the, uh, the Grammys or whatever. That might be the t- really that whole era of like going to the comedy shows Such and, and recording. I was writing my jokes at you, the shows, but you were alongside it. I was alongside. We were both in 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 bed together on that one because mm. you, wait a minute, Nick. Pause. You used to. I mean, come on. Back in the day, you would troll people in their face on stage. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. People loved it. <laughs> I know. It was weird. Uh, At and, some shows. And and I would do my version of that <laughs> as well. And, and and so, like, we were young dicks. You know what's amazing is I met up with our fellow guest, uh, our guest, our one-time guest, uh, Paul Bellini. Yeah. Uh, recently. Oh, great. Paul's and, great. And he said, I was at a show years ago. <laughs> And you were, uh, you were basically booed off stage at this lesbian bar, and I was like, "Oh my wow. god, we were both at that." Yeah, I was like, "You were at that show," you know, which actually I was, was a very show. funny show, and I think they liked me. You, they and did were like you. They with did me, like you. You know, but but if you there's audio of that show, and it's I uh, taped the yeah, audio. It's quite. It that was almost one of the best shows i feel because yeah. the, the audience my favorite type of a they show gave you a chance yeah is when they're kind of well especially back then was if they kind of get that i was being intentionally sort of uh obstructive or uh ridiculously offensive or something but they're rolling with it and they're actually heckling you in kind of uh Helpful or like actually equally funny way, which never happens. Don't do it. Don't try it. But when that synergy comes together, it's really good because it's everybody working in concert. But yes, uh, so the fact Paul was at that that show blew my mind. That's you know? amazing. I yeah. didn't know that either. Okay, let's move on. Oh, Ronja underscore Kaminsky has two questions. Did any of you have another band before Danko Jones? You're not in the band that I'm in, but you have been in many bands. Yes. I've been in a few bands before. And then the other question is, when did you when do you, did you play your first live gig? Okay, so I was in two other bands before that, Horse Shack and the Violent Brothers. Violent Brothers were a two-piece garage you were only rock band. In two. Yeah, pretty much, I'd say. Um, that were you know, of note that played around. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then the first live gig was the Horse Shack gig, and it was in 94, and we played with Cat Rocket. And your previous bands and your first live gig, Nick. Uh, First live gig was, if we're going way back, it was with my band. If it can be any venue, it was at the High School Talent Show with uh, my buddies Chris on drums Andrew on uh, guitar, who I still play with in the role. And our friend Dave, who sings in Rammer, was wearing a Mexican wrestling mask and just on stage with us. Okay. (laughs) And they pulled the curtain on our band. And we covered the Leather Uppers. 
Oh, that's Hot neat. Shot and uh, I don't even Love remember the other song, but they were both really good songs. Um, <laughs> girl, you know I need you. Girl, you know it's true. Yeah, yeah that song. Uh, I know that song. Um, baby, I think you're looking fine. And um, they pulled the curtain on us halfway through. That was the first gig. And yes, I've been in various bands, Teen Crow Combo, Killer Elite, Brutal, Brutal Nights, Nights, and Wrong Hole. The print prick, the pin pricks asked two questions as well. Do you just play your orange or do you have a second amp? I just play orange amps. I'm I'm sponsored by Orange. And the other question is which pedals do you use? I use as much as I can overdrive the orange head on its own, which is what I often do. Um, but if I need that extra special thing to go to 11 i'll use my number one overdrive pedal by khdk pedals do you know anyone who uses like bicycle pedals on with their guitar all right so <laughs> emma vdz one asks <laughs> mm-hmm. I see. how do you deal with hate <laughs> Ooh, nick not well i used to deal with it like i didn't even care and that's then a good question though now it's just uh, you, you gotta know, care well, you know, when I was now. doing that thing with you, you know, I still cared. Like, I'd see reviews when I was early, early on. I mean, I, I and I just. Oh, kinda, wait a minute. Is it hate directed at you in terms of what you, a reaction to what you put out, or is it just hate? That's or is a good it question. hate generally and then aimed in your direction? What kind of hate? I, I don't really like. I, I think that, you know, the era of that being anywhere near an original way to live your life is long gone, you know, and that we're, we're sort of living in an age where, you know, being that way seems to have real consequences, you know, uh, not being negative, but, you know, sort of externalizing your negativity to the world in this kind of Twitter kind of thing without it even being fun or good, you know, without adding anything. I think that that's useless and everybody should find different Wait, go to the gym instead of making a YouTube comment. You True. Know? That's a good, uh, actually, that's very good advice. Something I should often take. Same. In dealing with people who aim their hatred in my direction. Yeah, because it just, uh, I mean, I dealt with something recently. Um, it was quite, I, I, I'm surprised. That it, I think, I guess I did tell you. And I might have talked about it on the Damien podcast that I had you and Damien on my podcast. And I think we talked about it. And, you know, I'm still irritated months later by this situation that happened, you know, and, and uh, it's it, it, it doesn't overtake your life always, but it kind of can be in the back of your mind being like, God damn, what the hell, you know, and then it's not like trauma, but it's just like, yeah, it just it's like a tick. It's like a, having a tick on your back. Well, let's end Sucking this Q&A with a great question. This was the last one that I was able to snag. Uh, from Luke underscore Brazier 13. Favorite album or record when you both were growing up? Now, of course, very general. Thank you for including me. And, yeah, and there's always more than one correct answer. Yeah. So I'll, I'll say top three favorite albums growing up. Nick. Okay. Moist Boys, Ten Inch. That's a great one. Um, but favorite growing up? Okay. Uh, I would say Nirvana in, in Utero. Uh, that was huge for me. 
And Apparently the Moist Boys, too. Yeah. And uh, let's just throw it to Nas Illmatic. Oh, what a great album. Yeah. Uh, for me, uh, I would have to say Master of Puppets, Metallica. Um, Kiss Double Platinum. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Rock for Light. Yeah. Bad Brains. Got to give it to them. Uh, and there's probably I mean, there's so many more answers. you can swap. Yeah. And you can also figure out when we grew up, <laughs> you know, by <laughs> these answers, you know. like well, I would, Moist I, Boys, my God. Yeah, like, I could throw Pure Guava by Ween in there. I could throw... Uh, Moist you know, Boys is such a deep cut. It's really? a deep cut, but I loved it. And, you know, if you go with deep cuts, by the time I was 15 or 60, I mean, so is... 1.0, fuck no. That's a, yeah, that's the best song that, off that album. Yeah, that's an amazing song, but so is Super Soaker MD50, which probably... I mean, it's a very un-PC album that probably wouldn't work <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, nowadays. But, you know, um, as is Illmatic at times... And I remember there's like a homophobic line in, in Illmatic, and I was already in my, uh, you know, PC PC ish phase because I was also listening to Dead Kennedys or whatever and, and Pansy Division, you know, at that time. <laughs> wow. Tribe 8 and all this stuff. No, God is my co pilot. Nothing against Pansy Division. More power to them, but. Bad. I just couldn't like the sound. Those no. kinds of sa- sounding bands, I just never. I didn't like. Got I, 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 it hasn't. Aged Although I had amazing. a Pansy Division seven inch. I, I didn't. Yeah, me. I don't even know if I did, but like the band. If we're talking about Queeros, okay, queer sure. heroes, and I don't sure. mean that in the Stephen Crowder sense of the word. Uh, Pansy Division. Uh, no, Limp Wrist. Oh. When I saw Limp Wrist for the first time, I could not believe it because I loved, this was years later, but I loved yeah. hardcore like Pansy that. Pansy Division was before them, right? Yes. Like Los way Crudos before. was probably happening when Pansy Division was happening. Right. Anyway, I mean, all I'm saying is you can keep going and Elvez. going. Elvez. I would say Elvez. For you, really? Yeah. That's I, so interesting. But what about the weirdos? Wasn't he in the weirdos? I don't know, but I just loved his whole gimmick with being Elvez. And then I'm not outing him, but isn't he gay? I don't know. Okay, maybe he's not. But he's, if he was in the weirdos, then I would say Little Richard is my queer. I mean, <laughs> but I mean, is he out? No, he's not out. <laughs> he's not. He never will be out. But I mean, come on. Um, <laughs> did you coin that term? I'm sure. Just I didn't. now? No. Okay. I think Oscar Wilde did. <laughs> okay. Right. Okay. Um, is that it? This is. I mean, do great. we want to ask each other questions? Or? Okay. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, we I didn't write talked it. about I didn't that. Prepare anything. I didn't prepare either. Um, How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm okay. Do you, Nick Flanagan? Do uh-huh. you like my dog? Oh, I love your dog. Okay. Yeah. I I was so. I always like it. When you hear someone has a dog, and then they're like, it always goes the same way. You hear someone has a dog, and they're like, oh, the dog's weird. <laughs> and then, I don't think you said anything like that, but like any... Oh, but he is weird. Any hints at that, yeah, or any... I'm like, oh, no, this is going to be a giant, like, energetic dog that's, like, ramming its head into the no, wall no. and chasing me. But then I met the dog, and he was, like, so nice to me, and, and that's what I love. R- Ralph dog, doesn't like other dogs. Dog surprise. So, yes, I do like your dog. Great. Yeah. Um, my question for you 
would be, um, do you like my podcast? Yes, is, I like your. Well, of course, I give you my feedback every now and then when I, you upload so many episodes, Nick. Not I can't lately. keep up. I've been, I've been. It's a, it's about one to two a week lately. You know, so I'm yeah. keeping it normal. I will say, and you know this already, uh-huh. off the record. I said one of your guests, I can't listen to that episode. But I listened to the AL one. Did you have AL on Multiple again? times, yes. He's, been, he's actually probably been my to, most frequent I have to go back. We should guest. get AL on this podcast. We, one of the episodes I really enjoyed do, making was um, this one called Psychotronic uh, Video Picks, where AL brought this book of the same name and just sort of was thumbing through uh, talking about movies, like cult cult and obscure movies and then i found the trailers or clips on youtube and i was editing them in so that was really fun to do and that was a great way to find out about movies great so ale's been on your podcast i've never been on your podcast individually no No, that's the next one we'll talk you never want me to do that no no you don't want me in (laughs) your world by myself no I, i think that would be great i think there's a lot we could talk about that would uh really set the record straight on a lot of things um, and then we did a, a like a kind of a back and forth with podcasts where Damien and I were on your podcast, Damien and you were on my podcast, yeah. and then it was talked about Damien's going to have the two of us sometime in the near future on his podcast. So yeah, the, the, but not after you threw him under the bus with the like bit. <laughs> Thanks, Nick. Hey, you know what? You can bleep it out if you want. No, I don't want to. <laughs> Well, Uh, I mean, that works for me. Okay, well, uh, let's grab lunch. Let's grab lunch.